Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashakitisa and Parashakitisa uh, talks about the sin of the golden calf. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the psychological origins of sin and their rectification. Uh, it's, a, it's a talk given by Rabbi Itza Ginsberg and it's very interesting to understand where the, the, the the sin comes from, like there's a root that makes people end up doing what they do. There's something that is underlying that drives people to do what they do. So the most important story that is related, in, as I told you in this week's parasha, is the sin of the golden calf, which is an all-inclusive sin, and it's a sin that the Jewish people have been paying Till today, till today we're working on cleaning up this mess and, and rectifying this sin and doing teshuva for it. And, uh, and ultimately it's going to be corrected when Mashiach comes. So all those days be considered the greatest sin of the Torah. In the Torah, in the whole Torah, there's many, many sins that we see because the Torah is really uh, an understanding of human nature. We see that our patriarchs and our matriarchs did things that were not right and uh, that's the beauty of it that we don't have saints we have human beings that messed up and they got their act together did teshuvah and 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 rectified whatever they did so but there's four great sins in the torah that are uh, that are like the most important of all of them and the first, of course, is, is the very beginning of the Torah, the primordial sin of Adam and Eve, uh, the eating of the forbidden fruit. It's also known as the sin of uh, the sin of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then comes the sin of the brothers of Joseph that they sold him into slavery, which again is a very inclusive sin for which the Jewish people continue uh, to suffer. The ten martyrs that are recorded in the in the in the times of the Roman Empire that were sacrificed uh, because of the sin of the brothers and then comes the sin of the of this week's parasha which is the sin of the golden calf and finally the fourth and great and fourth and great all-inclusive sin is the sin of the spies so they were sent by Moses to survey the promised land they came in, they were spying it to see what they have to do before they came into the land and what they had to do when they came into the land. And uh, at the end, instead of bringing back a good report of infusing the people with the yearning of going into the promised land, they came with bad words about the land and they scared the people and they created a lot of fear and this turned the people to cry and cry and cry for no reason until today we're still grieving for this. Uh, the two temples were destroyed because of this sin and um, and we have uh, today, till today, on the eve of the 9th of Av, which was the day in which this happened, that they came back with that report, we still fast for a whole 26 hours because of this sin of the, of the spies. So each of the four sins is the result of a different negative psychological motivation. If we see deeper in, even Adam uh, sinned because they had lost. They could have everything they wanted except that one tree. 
and they couldn't live with that. And how many of us are like that? That the Hashem says, you can eat this, you can eat this, you can eat it, but that you cannot eat. And that's exactly what our mouths water with. The bacon, the cheese, the whatever is going in the TV, and you're drooling and you want to eat it, and you're, you're wondering oh, how would this taste. And this uh, feeling of lust is what took them to eat from this tree. And, uh, and the serpent enticed them into eating because it would supposedly make them godly. And they and they able to create worlds in spite of their undertones of lust for power. They had lust for power because the snake told them, if you eat from this tree, you're going to be like God. And, they, and the Torah paints a picture that Eve was simply passionately attracted to the tree of knowledge and its fruit, according to Kabbalah, the lust was also an expression of sexual lust. So we see that this lust, this sexual lust and desires for, for materiality and all this creates people to fall down and do things they shouldn't be doing. Why did the brothers sell Joseph? Because of jealousy. They were jealous of him. The father favored him. Uh, Jacob favored him. And uh, because of this, they hated Joseph. And before explaining the psychological problem motivating the sin of the, of the spies, the spies disbelieve and the people's quickness to adopt their story were both motivated by fear. So fear is also something that creates us to sin. Fear in the soul prevents people from taking initiative. A person becomes fearful of the results, especially the prospect of failure. And fear takes away our ability to do those tasks that we are supposed to do. So fear of failure, fear of not being accepted, fear of what other people are going to say, these things keep us from doing what we have to do. And then returning to the sin of the golden calf, which is the sin that is the protagonist in this Torah portion, the, the Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches that the root cause of the sin of the golden calf was the power of imagination. And the, the numerical value of the phrase golden calf, which is Egel Hatzavav, is equal to the idiom power of imagination. Uh, they both equal 122. And the power of imagination, imagination refers to mistaken associations made in the mind. In Kabbalah, this usually is referred to as the state of small-mindedness. Katnut Mohin, which is a source of, of superstitions in the soul. Because of small-mindedness, small a person's imagination makes false connection and associations. So this, we have to be very careful because some people, sometimes they make these things in their heads and they really come to believe them. Like paranoia, for example. A person thinks that they're watching him, they're looking after him, and, and this all in the head. Nothing is real, but it's in the head, and that makes him go and do things that are crazy. So they led to misconception about reality, and if the individual ends up taking these misconceptions seriously, he, he can come to think that they are real. They can really believe it's real. So we have to be very careful in guarding our thoughts, in guarding what we look at, in guarding what we, what we read, what we listen to, because sometimes these things have an effect in our minds. We have to be very, very selective with the people we, we hang around, 
that are our friends because sometimes if you're with people that are superstitious for example and they think that if they go below the ladder something bad is going to happen to them if a bird flies in front of them something bad is going to happen to them and they start creating all these things it's it's called the power of imagination of unrectified imagination and it, this is their reality this is the true reality that they go with and the, and this was the problem that created the sin of the golden calf because the jewish people made a miscalculation they thought that moshe rabbeinu was gonna descend the mount in a certain day and they miscalculated by a certain hour and he didn't come down and they started imagining that he had died it was so, so, so that the Satan created an image in their minds and they really saw <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu's coffin in heaven and they really believed he had died. And since Moses was dead, they had to immediately substitute him with something. And what was it? The golden calf. So more in depth, the cause for small mindlessness and letting the power of the imagination take over our minds is itself a disconnect from Moses. Moses is the source of the faculty of that, that is under, to, to know, knowledge, and the source of mature mindfulness is, the, is the, in the psyche. Being disconnected from Moses leads to small-mindedness causing the mind to enter a state of imagination. So we have to be very careful. Moses is that, is knowledge, is truth, is Torah. We have to always be connected to the truth of the Torah, to go with the values of the Torah, not invent things that are not part of our life, part of what we have to do, part of how we have to live. Don't add to your, to your avodah, to your job. And in that way, you're gonna be spared from these types of um, unrectified imagination. So we have these four psychological motivations uh, behind the four great sins of the Torah. We have lust, we have jealousy, we have the imagination and we have fear. But the Torah teaches us that if there is a sin, there is also a way to rectify it, the sin. So the beauty of the golden calf of this parasha Kitisa is that God gave us the greatest gift he could give the Jewish people or humanity at, at, at itself. And that is Teshuvah, is the, 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 the right to repent and to go back to who you really are, to your essence. This is what God gave us. Uh, with the golden sin, with the sin of the golden calf, was the ability to return, to be able to rectify. And that's a huge, huge gift. Because imagine a world in which if you messed up, that's it. Game over. There, 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 nobody would pardon you. And here we see that God is the most merciful of all, and he pardons us. People can do the gravest things, but if in their true heart they repent and they go back to their true essence, Hashem forgives them. So the numerical value of the Hebrew word for sin, hata, eh, eh, is 18, and the same as the word that means alive, which means high. A sin makes one fall into a state that is opposite of life. When we sin, we disconnect. It's like the cord is cut. We have 613 uh, ropes that connect us to Hashem. And when we sin in one of these 613 mitzvot, then it's cut. It's severed. But the beauty is that when you do teshuvah, this rope is tied back again. A knot is made and the rope becomes shorter. So the distance between you and Hashem becomes closer. 
So that's the beauty of Teshuvah. And, the, doing tesh, and after we do Teshuvah in hindsight, it seems that there was something to be gained by the sin. So yes, we should try not to sin, we should try not to fall to the best of our abilities, but we should know that human people are designed to fail. That's our design. We're designed to sometimes fail. And the, and, 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 and the important thing is that we have to know that our neshama, our soul, is pure. It doesn't matter what a person does in his lifetime, but his soul is always pure. Because that is, that is mamish, a piece of God inside of you, and it can never fall down. The rest of us falls. Our, our, our animal soul, our body, our, our mind, our, all these parts that are comprised in a person. But the soul is intact, it never fails. So the, the person that does Teshuvah is really going back to that pureness. It's going back to that, that pure part of himself that can never sin. So the fact that there were four all-inclusive sins is alluded to in the word sin. The word sin is made of three letters, Het, Tet, and Aleph. But it, instead of adding the values of the letters, which we saw is 18, we multiply them by one another, we get eight times, nine times one, which equals 72, which itself is a multiple of 18. And 18, if you know, means high, means life. And 72 equals four times 18, the value of sin. Thus concealed in the word sin are not just the one all-inclusive sin, but all four. And all four sins will be resurrected by doing teshuvah. So we see that in the sin is the seed for life. So it is well-known custom to give charity in multiples of 18, uh, the, the value of a life, as we saw above, but this also symbolizes repentance and resurrection of sin, which also equals 18. So sin is possible because we are not conscious of the negative impulses within. We, we fall, but we're not if we had the ability to be more aware, and we can develop that, and we, can, we have a desire to do something that is not right, but we're able to stop ourselves in our tracks, and we can track where this need comes from, then you're gonna come and say, oh, you know what, I'm jealous. I'm jealous, this is the problem. I feel jealousy towards this person because he's successful, because this, because that, because that. That's why I'm doing La Shonara against that person because I need to feel well about myself so I put him down so I can feel good. And then when you pinpoint and you say, you know what, it's jealousy, then you're able to work on your jealousy and say, you know what, this is not right. It's one of the Ten Commandments. I should not covet. And then I have to work on that part of myself that is not uh, attuned. And then you work on that, and then you're able to, to rectify the sin. God willing, you will never come to do something great. But, the, but then we see here, and it, he says, and this is in also, it says that a person doesn't transgress un, unless he is, is uh, kidnapped by a spirit of folly. Folly is a stupidity. And when we are our heads are in stupidity, then we're grabbed by the spirit, and that's when we start falling down. 
But if we are connected to our source and we're always connected, we're praying, we're doing mitzvot, we're learning, we're, we're trying to be better, we're always trying to grow, we're trying to connect ourselves, we're aware, then it's harder to fall. I, it doesn't mean we won't, but it's harder to fall. So, so charity can also be spiritual, reaching out to help another person can be a physical means, but it can also be spiritual by helping them to do Teshuvah. So we should not only be uh, worried about ourselves and our growth and our perfection, we should also be worried about other people around us. And we are not here to be preachers and preach to the people and, and tell them not to do this and not do that. King David gives us a great advice on this, and he says, that his greatest form of teshuva was to show others the power of teshuva. So when a person f falls down and he's able to rise up, which kitisa means he will rise, uh, and we are able to rise up from wherever we came, this, just the people to see that a person that was in such a low state was able to rise up will give them the, the strength to be also able to do it themselves. I read an incredible article this week in Asia Torah. It's called A Beautiful Boy. And it's, a, it's the life of a, of a guy that he was a drug addict. And he, since he was 12 years old, he was trying marijuana and he was trying all types of things. And uh, with a lot of effort and a lot of, of uh, strength, he was able to get out of it. He was able to, to get out of this place. Today he wrote a book with his father, it's called High. And in this book he writes about all the drugs that are in, out there in the world. He writes about their effects in the mind and in the psyche of a person and how it ruins a person. He's very, in a world where everything's being accepted nowadays, this comes as fresh air because being there done that. And he writes about every drug and the, the effects of the drugs and everything they create. And not only that, he writes about his journey, about his life, about why he did it, uh, how he suffered, how he was able to get out of it. This is a King David of our time. This is a person that has gone through it and his strength will give strength to so many others. And um, interestingly, he said that the thing that made him fall was his insecurity, that he didn't feel good about himself. And, uh, and he, ended, he started with the marijuana, which temporarily made him feel good. But he realized that when he came back, nothing went away. He was the same insecure guy, and even worse, because now he had this other problem with him. So he realizes now, he's in his late 20s, that what he should have worked on was in his insecurity, not try to cover it up with something else and try to make it go away. He should have looked at it front face and, and be able to, to rectify that insecurity. So this is what King David teaches us. And in Psalm 51, he says to help others to Teshuvah is the ultimate form of charity that resurrects our sins. Such spiritual charity is what retroactively makes the sins worthwhile, bringing about an even greater revelation of God as it spreads to others as well. So there's no purpose in a descent if there's no ascent. The whole purpose of the descent is for the ascent. 
And in this world, we're not here to make a perfect life. This is not the, the purpose of, of the world. This is not the purpose of our life, to be perfect human beings. This is angels. The purpose of life is to live, to live fully, to be responsible for our actions, and to re-how re, 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 do you say? You can resurrect, you can do teshuvah, you can perfect whatever is not right in you. This is the purpose of life. This is the great gift God gave us at Mount Sinai, at when the Jewish people uh, sinned with the golden calf. So I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.